I like to look at the things I got done and things we didn't get done list. Mm. A lot of times we get that second list of things we didn't get done, and there are actually some really important things on there. And so if we only go based off of our accomplishments of what we actually get done, sometimes the reason why we got those done is because, well, the reason we did break all those records for our, our business was because I just never said no, and I'm really burned out. So let's look back at that I didn't accomplish list. Oh, I didn't go to that birthday. I didn't do that event. And then understand that there's that balance there and going, okay, if I didn't do these things and they were on a list, are they still important to me? Are they connected to my why? Now, how does that, how does my next year look like if I want to get from my not done list to my to done list? And that's going to shape and change what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to, what you commit to. Hey everyone, welcome to the Lucky Pub Podcast, where we're taking big ideas and weaving them together in a way that makes a big picture relatable and hopefully also a little bit inspirational and educational. You're going to find candid and authentic conversations about the struggles we've encountered as we try to live more full and happy lives. I'm your host, Morgan Weber, and today I'm joined by Megan and Colin from Pet Sitter Confessional. Usually they're the ones doing the interviewing, so I'm really happy to turn the tables and get to be asking the questions today. Megan and Colin bring so much to our industry through their weekly podcast over the last four years, their Facebook group for pet sitters, and their daily work as pet business owners. We talked about the impact of hard work, when to say no, the hard choices we make around our work, and so much more. I think so many of us can really connect to the hurdles that Colin and Megan have had, and I hope you can walk away from this conversation and know that you aren't alone in your struggles either. So let's dive in. Here's Colin and Megan. Well, Colin and Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. I told you I'm really excited to get to interview the interviewers. I feel like the tables have slightly turned, and I'm super excited to have you guys on. Well, thank you for having us. We are happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. And what you don't know, Morgan, is we're actually going to be interviewing you today. So welcome. Oh, dang it. (laughs) I thought I had everything planned out, and here you are flipping the tables on me. It's like I've seen interviews like that where the, uh, the person who is being interviewed just magically turns the conversation around. So I'm sure there'll be some back and forth here as we go. Well, and I'm sure most people in the pet industry already know who you guys are, but for those who maybe haven't heard of your podcast yet or know who you are, why don't you guys give the folks a little bit of information about you? We are Colin and Megan, and we have been pet sitting for 11 years. We have a, a business in Missouri with two separate service areas, and about four years ago in 2019, we got a little bug to do a podcast. and. To share other pet sitters' stories from across the globe and to hear more about their struggles and how they overcame them and just so they can impart their wisdom to other pet sitters because everybody has a story and we want to share stories with others. Yeah, so Pet Sitter Confessional was born out of a, a desire to share those stories. And you really do. I mean, you guys are busy with your podcast. So, you know, you have this podcast and you drop episodes, what, twice a week? And like all year long, you're not doing seasons. You're every, you know, every week you're showing up and, and then you said you've got your two service areas, plus you've got some young kids. So how do you guys, I guess, how do you manage to do all of these things and to do them so well and to like, just keep showing up and wanting to continue these projects you've started? I think it's because we, we still find joy in them. They still bring us happiness. We, we still know that Again, like I said, everybody has a story. Every pet sitter has a story. And so we want to share that to, to let others know that they're not alone. And it's we, we also want to be an inspiration to our own children of you can do hard things. It's possible. You know, we we work very hard for what we do and we are very proud of what we do. And we hope that they see that 
we are proud of ourselves because we want our kids to be proud of themselves and that they work hard and they should be proud of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it is about finding finding the appropriate time. And there are days where you go, you know what, I, I didn't get as much done as I thought I'd do today. And that's fine. Right. And, and being able mm-hmm. to accept that and go, OK, I got done today what I could get done. That was all I was supposed to get done. Right? That and, and, and going to bed at night, realizing that was enough. And certainly you try hard every day to do things and you, you do those, but the, that joy and then the, the, the peace that comes with putting your effort in there. And sure, there are, there are times where the schedule gets tight. Uh, we become time constrained. I don't like to say that we're busy, right? Because we intentionally put mm-hmm. things on our plate. <laughs> like that's, that's something that we, we do a lot of, of going, okay, we'll do, we're, we're going to take this on. But it does take us going, hmm, can we commit to that? Right. We have a lot of things that come across our plates, uh, whether that's an event or whether that's an invite to something or whether that's a, another thing with the podcast and going, can I actually commit to that? If I add zeros after that, is that something could I do more with my time or can I not right now? And there are seasons that we certainly go in and out of. Um, you know, With the podcast, there are times where we're able to do five, six, seven interviews a week, um, interviewing people on top of our business. Um, but running our pet care business, we certainly couldn't do that without our staff and our team of employees and people that that, that really make that run day to day. I love how you said, you know, you got to figure out what can fit in. And it's a choice, right? When we add something to our calendar, it's always a choice. And whether we are thinking of it that way or not, you know, when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else and balancing those yeses and those no's, because I think that gets a lot of us maybe into that burnout wheel of because it's so easy to kind of unintentionally overload our schedules and we don't realize suddenly like this is not fun anymore. And you talked there about the joy that your businesses and all of these ventures still bring. And have you ever found a time where you said, I I don't know, guys, this is this is too much or I think we need to take a, a break here. I want to pause something. Well, I think that came in with our podcast this year. Last year, we had done a a retreat where we had other pet sitters, including you, yeah. come from. It was a super the- fun retreat. <laughs> oh, Thank <nice>. you. <laughs> come from across the country and just do a deep dive on their their personal why and just learn more about themselves and their businesses. And it was wonderful. We loved it. We got a lot out of it. Um, and then we looked at this year and we really wanted this to be a growth year for our business. We wanted to add that second layer of employees to our business and. Really, the only way that we could do that was kind of take a step back from some commitments that even we found joy in of yeah. that. You know, we, didn't, we need to take a pause on that right now. We can continue that next year. We can reevaluate that, you know, at the end of this year. But we just we really had to step back and go for right now. We need to focus on other things. Yeah, that, that refocus is really important. And that, that takes, you know, because you get those things where you go, oh, I have two. I'm just going back to the calendar idea of going, I got two things. I have two things on my calendar at 9 a.m what, which one do I do? How do I know what, what I do with that? And a lot of times it's simply not, not just what do I want to do, but maybe what needs to be done right now uh, and, and balancing that out with what needs to be done for future. And sometimes you have to sacrifice the now for the later. And sometimes it's the later for the now. And it's just knowing how to juggle that. Cause yeah, we've certainly done episodes where it's been a crazy busy week and we're burned out and it's Sunday, it's 8 p.m. and we're sitting down in front of the mics going, oh, so. What do we talk about? You got anything? (laughs) 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 Or, or, or we get out and we're doing another pet sitting visit and you show up and it's, and that energy that you usually try and bring is, it's just not there. Everybody goes through that. And I think that's been really freeing as, as well of recognizing there are ebbs 
and there are flows to how committed I am to things. Because there certainly have been times in the business where I've gone like laying in bed at night going, Dude, is this is this what we do? Is this what we want to do? Is this really like how much? But then, you know, uh, it's always great to take it to, to sleep it over and and get wake up the next day with fresh eyes, a new mind, and open heart, and go, what 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 was that connected to? What was that reason? And not necessarily going, well, I I just I have totally committed to it because just like Megan said, we had something that we loved doing. It was a lot of fun, you know, that retreat. But it was like it's not for right now. And knowing that saying no is always there's you're never fully committed to anything that you can't say no to and that's also another freeing thought of like well nope it's great at the end of the day your mental health is what's most important because you are as a pet business owner you are the ceo of your business and you need to be mentally fit and strong in order to continue whether even you know if you're solo or have a team it doesn't matter at the end of the day your mental health is what's best and if you need to take a break for whatever reason, and if you've already committed to something, but you really don't want to, you want to say no to that thing, that is okay. Oh, it's probably harder too, because those of us who were at the retreat were like, hey, Colin and Megan, when are you going to do another one? Hey, Colin and Megan, we really had fun. You should do another retreat. So, you know, it's hard, especially, I think, to stand firm in that no. Um, Rochelle Steele had a book recommendation, which is called Not Nice, um, that I just started reading. And it's all about like the about the saying no. And a lot of times when we think about saying no, we think that we're being mean. You can say no in a way that is still nice. You're not being mean when you're saying no. And it can be hard to say no, especially I think when sometimes people keep pushing like they're like, oh, but are you sure? Like, are you sure you can't just squeeze this in for me? Um, it can be hard to continue to say no, even when people push back. Yeah, I mean, there, there certainly is that that feeling of, oh man, oh gosh, they, they they must really love me, they must really need me. Wow, look at they keep coming back to me. We feel that all the time. Of I, everybody's done it, right? Where you bring on that new client, and then you do those visits, and you're like, holy moly, like that's never again. Like, no, thank you, <laughs> right? And you go, you realize, oh, they're too far out. The the dogs are too rambunctious. The cat is a terror. The house is terrible. The owner's way helicopter or whatever that is. And you go, that was a mistake. And yet, how many times do we also continue to do it? Oh, because they keep coming back to me. They said, oh, you did so such a wonderful job. And you go, yeah, I did a great job. And that they really see that. So I guess I kind of need to continue this. And realizing nothing is so permanent that you can't say no to for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And that's really important to understand of will it, will that person feel bad about it? Probably. Will they, will they be upset that you said no to them? Most likely. Is it important for you to to say no and to hold that boundary? Absolutely. And yes, like you said, Morgan, you can do it in a polite way, in a professional way, in a nice way, but you're still saying no. And that's that's critical as we find those spaces and boundaries in our life in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's especially hard, you know, you get for those of us who, you know, have a big heart and we have we're very empathetic and we have somebody who says, oh, but fluffy like you're the only one who can see Fluffy, like Fluffy only likes you and he'll try to bite everybody else who comes over. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, I'm still unavailable like that, you know, or we have people who try to, you know, book for times that were really busy last minute. And it's like, I'm sorry that, you know, 
I'm, I'm you know, sorry, not sorry that everybody else booked early and you chose not to. Um, and, you know, and sometimes there are emergencies, right? Things happen. But at the same time, that can't always be our burden to bear for our clients. Yeah, yeah they say it's in business a lot of times. It's not my fault, but it is my problem. Right. And it's mm. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. And, yeah. and and even that phrase, you know, saying, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm fully booked. You that's that's not that's not your fault that they booked last minute. And again, sure, maybe they had an emergency. If you can't do it, you can't do it. And that's the hard realities that we face many times in and just, you know, in, in our businesses and even over committing our, our, our lives of, oh, mm-hmm. I just simply like, oh, this friend asked me to go to this thing, but I've got my family commitment here and I need to go see my cousins play. And I've got all, like that's the life side of things that we overcommit to as well because it's it's we're well intentioned and we end up mm-hmm. feeling that we have to do this stuff and in that that word have to is something that I know we've worked on a lot too uh, and explaining that to our staff as well going this isn't something we have to do this is something we get to do and mm-hmm. reframing that in our mind because now we we're taking agency back over the things we put on our plate the things that we put into our lives and we constrain our time with that's where you start to really feel a lot of that 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 power back mm-hmm. and Megan you mentioned too like your the mental health side of this of you can't be a good pet sitter or a good parent or a good boss or a good leader or a good team member if you are feeling so overwhelmed and so exhausted that you can't show up as your best. And so when we say no, it's usually because we, you know, we might not want to say no because, oh, I can just squeeze them in. Like, what's one more cat visit today? What's one more whatever today? In reality, we're not going to do a great job of the things we've already committed to if we are always overloading our schedule. Right. Yeah. If you're always at 110 percent, you have no more to give. So if you just if you have your schedule at 80 percent, then there is some wiggle room there to say, okay, well, I I do this cat booked last minute, but I do actually enjoy this cat. So I will say yes to this because I can because I'm not overloaded and overwhelmed. Mm hmm. Do you guys ever find yourselves like taking those kind of like those gut checks or like a pulse check to say, okay, team, like, how are we feeling right now about all of these commitments we're making? Like, do you guys sit down and have, you know, some people just kind of lean on intuition feelings or do you guys have like meetings where you actually kind of sit down? You're like, okay, let's do a check. What can we commit to in this next year? What can we what kind of project maybe do we want to take on? Yeah, I mean, I feel it's tough for us because we're married. We run two businesses together. We're always together. Um, And so we basically never stop talking about business. And that's something that we really have to keep in check, particularly around the kids, Yeah, because they don't want to be engrossed in this all day. They don't want to be, you know, we don't want them to start worrying about the worries of our businesses. And so Mm. we do have to keep, you know, business time for certain times of the day and not talk about it at dinner time. But but like we talked about earlier, yeah, we, we sit down and we go, what is this next year meaning for us? What is the purpose of this next year? Where are we trying to be at the end of this year? Maybe that's, oh, we'd like to hit, get our, our house painted, which is a project that we still haven't finished, but that's for another day. Uh, you know, we've got, maybe we want to focus on on the growth aspect or the hiring aspect or figuring out where those big topics are and, and important events that we're looking to do and then structuring the rest of the things around that. And then for our staff, we sit down with them individually and do a lot of how are you feeling? How is the overburden? Are you feeling like you're getting too much, too little hours? Are you feeling like you need to take some step away? Or how is this working? To get a sense of them so that when we get clients that are reaching out to us going, yeah, I need to take a month and a half to Tokyo and I need you to come over four, sometimes five times a day. Can you do that? 
we know with confidence whether we can or can't. We don't have to go, oh, gosh, what's this going to do to huh, 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 how does that fit in with what we're doing now? Uh, so it's it's from different aspects, too, of doing the, the culture and the team aspect. And then just between Megan and I understanding what's the purpose of this next time and what's what season are we in and what's our goal with that? And as people are listening to this, if they're listening to it kind of as the season is dropping here, we are approaching the end of the year. And do you have any tips for folks on maybe who are trying to decide, OK, what is this next year going to bring? Like you said, like, what is the meaning or maybe what kind of impact do I want to make in this next year? Well, I mean, think about the possibilities and put them on a list and think the pros and cons and where do I want to focus my efforts? It all goes back to the why of your business. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this as a community effort to really reach as many pet parents as possible with your services, then maybe you do go to more pet events next year or just, you know, just outline what are all of the possibilities and then figure out where your why lines up with those. Mm-hmm. I, I like to look at the things I got done and things we didn't get done list mm-hmm. and go because we do that at the end of the year. We're like, oh, list out all of your accomplishments for the year and like, hoorah, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times we get that second list of the things we didn't get done, and there are actually some really important things on there. And so if we only go based off of our accomplishments of what we actually get done, sometimes the reason why we got those done is because, well, the reason we did break all those records for our our business was because I just never said no, and I'm really burned out, and I don't want to go after that one again. So let's look back at that not I didn't accomplish list. Oh, I didn't go to that birthday. Oh, I didn't do that event. And then understand that there's that balance there and going, okay, if I didn't do these things and they were on a list, are they still important to me? Are they connected to my why? Now, how does that, how does my next year look like if I want to get from my not done list to my to done list? And that's going to shape and change what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to, what you commit to. Mm -hmm. I love that. We're chatting this season too uh, with a woman named Megan. She is talking a lot about like measuring success and how we measure success in our businesses. And it's not always a revenue goal and it's not always you know, all these other things that we might tend to rely on as we're looking for metrics in our business. And, you know, like you said, it, what's the what's the benefit of missing all of these life things in order to hit a particular revenue goal or to totally exhaust ourselves because we never said no or, you know, like, yep, I'll fit in every last minute client because I I need to, you know, I want to hit X revenue goal. That's not necessarily sustainable for the long term. Yeah. And everybody has a different definition of success. But I think at the end of the day, if you are not a well-rounded person and you've taken good care of your mental health, then the, the money doesn't matter. And knowing that those metrics, like we've talked about this before, of going metrics only mean so much. There's only so much mm-hmm. to metrics. So they, yeah, they can help you make important decisions, but you have to understand what the meaning behind those metrics are. And Megan's in my previous career as scientist, you know, you'd get a number and the p-value of 0.05. Okay, well. It is significant. Great. Now, or it's a, or, now, or, or, what? now what? Now what? That These two things are significantly different. Now what? Like that's, we have to now imbue that number with something. And the quality of life aspect is some things that we can't, that, that, are, that is almost impossible to measure because it's, mm-hmm. each one of us is different. And each one of us has a different definition of what that means to us. And so not discounting the fact that there are things that are extremely, not just extremely, but there are vital to our lives that aren't a metric on a data sheet. And mm-hmm. that if we only look at data sheets, that's the only thing that those are the only results that we're going to go after. And that we have mm-hmm. to be very careful with what we measure because we generally build what we measure 
and, and, and what we try and take into account. Well, and the mm-hmm. one thing that we can never get back is time. Yeah. You know, we only get one life and we only have so long to live. So what? how are you spending your time? Are you spending time on things that you actually want to? Do you enjoy working on the business so that you can have a team doing things out in the field? Or is it the opposite? Do you love doing the dog walks and the cat visits every day and you would rather hire somebody to do all the admin for you? I think about that as I look at my older dog, too, and I think like, gosh, he's like my dog. He's 10 and a half right now, but he's an old 10 and a half. He's got a lot of medical issues and things. And, you know, we kind of look at that and say, like, how much longer is he going to get to be with us? And with that, you know, how much time am I spending working and not spending time at home with him sitting on the couch, going for a walk, you know, doing some of his favorite things? And I'm sure um, obviously with kids, you guys are having having those same balance points just, you know, with humans instead of with dogs. But again, it's all important, right? Like, how do you how do you find those balances between, yeah, enjoying my work and and hitting some of those goals that I have while also making sure that I'm enjoying time with the things and the people that are most important to me? Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of that I've, I've, I've used this example before, but if you if you've never thought about it in this way, just how time constrained we are in our finite lives of like, let's say you have your 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 parents, you have an extended family, right? And you see them every Christmas. Well, depending on how old they are, they may live for another 10 years. They may live for another 20 years. You don't have 20 years with that person. You have 20 visits together. You have 20 weekends together. When, when you start looking at things in this, in this aspect of, of time spent together, it really changes that. It really does. And, and you have to balance that. I know people are listening. They're going like, but you don't understand. I have bills to pay, right? I have to meet these obligations. And yes, we all have that. That's absolutely not discounting the work that we're supposed to do. How do you as an individual navigate the fact that you do have these limited times and opportunities to do other things other than just work and business? That does mean, yeah, probably lost revenue. For being very honest, it means you're not going to make as much that year because you went to Christmas or because you did that other thing. How much is that worth to you? How much would you pay to have another Christmas with your dog? That, that, that's something that we all have to, like when you put it in that aspect, it's like, oh man, yeah, I earned $120 today doing visits. How much would you pay for another one with, you know, our dog's 15, Kobe. I, ugh, like this Christmas, like we're really looking at this going, probably going to be our last one together and going, mm-hmm. how do we make the most of that? Because I'm not, I, I'd pay a whole lot more than 120 bucks, right? To, to, to see him next Christmas, but Mm-hmm. Those are the options that we have to take. Yeah. Mm. We had a, a little health scare with our, he, thankfully it was just like the doggy flu and he just had some, some extra symptoms that made us very worried, but we went to the ER vet and I was just sitting there looking at him. I'm like, oh my God, buddy, is this the end? Like, this is, yeah. this is terrible. And I was like, and I worked all day today and we didn't yeah. get to spend any time together, you know? And yeah, it's those moments of remembering like, oh, I really need to be, you know, more intentional with how I'm choosing to spend my time and where I'm choosing to spend it. Yeah, because in those moments, right, you did when you had that health scare with your dog, did you have to go to your to your to-do list and rank and set priorities and go, well, this is number one. And well, first I gotta get through emails and first I gotta, how do I figure out what's important to me? No, you knew immediately. We all have those immediate moments of clarity. And when we're when we're intentional with our time, when we ask those good questions before we get to that point, we start to pick up more of those moments and bring those forward in time as opposed to leaving them to later. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it has to be like an all or nothing approach, right? I mean, you can take these things in little bits at a time and it might be like, you know what, this year I'm doing Thanksgiving. 
I might not get Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I'm going to pick one. Or, you know, this year I'm going to take that weekend away or I'm going to take that week-long vacation or I'm just going to decide I'm not working past nine o'clock or, you know, whatever. I'm going to have my afternoon nap. I'm going to you know get the kids off to school. You know, whatever thing it is, you don't have to say, like, I'm going to make this huge leap. Like, just do a little bit at a time. Yeah. 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 You're not going, yeah, this year I'm just going to go live in a van and I'm going to disappear for a year and go do other stuff. No, there's still obligations you have to meet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that you guys have done some really cool work in the community and making impact for people who are approaching the end of life with their pets or that their pets have already passed on. And do you guys want to maybe chat about that a little bit? And maybe how did you decide that this was a thing that you were going to start taking on? Sure. Well, I think it was because of the podcast. You had talked to Colleen Ellis of Two Hearts Pet Loss Center, and she does pet loss memorial services. And I think she's based out of Dallas. Dallas. And so she does them there. And we thought, well, there's nothing like that here, particularly in our small, very small community where we live. There is, it's not really pet friendly, unfortunately, and there's not a lot of resources for pet parents. And so we thought this would be a a great way to bring the community together and to let people know that they're not alone in this. Because when a family member dies, say an uncle, you can take some time off of work and people understand. Or if it's your grandma, people say, it's okay, I understand. You can take a day or two off of work. Mm -hmm. When When it's a pet, people don't understand. They say, oh, Fluffy died? Okay, well you know, kind of in the attitude of get over it. Like it's just a pet, it's property. It doesn't really mean anything, but that's not true. We take care of pets day in and day out for a decade or more and they become our family. They are our family. And so we thought that this would be a great way to make it known that you can give yourself permission to grieve, that it's okay to Mm -hmm. grieve a pet the same way that you do your grandma. For, for a while previous leading up to this, when a client's pet passed away, I would put a reminder in my calendar for that day. Right? And then the next year and for a few years afterwards, I would call the client and say, hey, Chris, you know, I just want to call and let you know we're really thinking of Jules today. I really miss the way she used to pull on walks and not really know. And she couldn't decide on which way she wanted to go. Right? I'm missing her today. I know you are too. Just wanted to reach out and say, say you know, that we were here for you. Uh, and, and going, there is a need for pet owners to to have an outlet to grieve. Like there, there is just an immense need um, because the amount of commitment that goes into people's lives through their pet, not just in the first day, second day, third day, but the amount of care oversight, you're almost on hospice care by the end, 24-7 monitoring. Your entire life changes, revolves around this pet. You do that little thing where you're walking around a corner and you kind of step to the side real quick just so you don't step on them because they don't move very fast anymore. And you have your entire counter space is covered with their pills and your refrigerator's filled with their kind of foods and you're trying different cheese whiz and, you know, whipped cream and whatever you need to do to get them to eat. And then they're gone. And you have all this stuff that all of a sudden you suck out and so there's this physical space that's just vacant, this void going, there was something here. Now there is not. Nobody recognizes it. And you're just supposed to pick up and continue on. And that is what we saw a need to come alongside pet owners, pet parents, and go, what you experienced was real, and this is a space for you, whatever that grieving process looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there people have done studies about pet loss, and it's very much that people grieve pet loss for 9 to 18 months, and we don't think 
like society by we, I mean, society doesn't think, like you said, that pets don't mean that much, right? Oh, it was just a pet. It was just a cat. It was just a dog. And for that type of grief to be so disenfranchised that for those nine to 18 months, people are in the the deep grief, not just like, oh, I think about them occasionally, but like my everyday is significantly impacted by the the loss of this pet. Um, and to have that be completely ignored, like you said, like no one's paying attention. No one knows that you're hurting that much. And to be able to, like you said, step alongside them, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've seen, we've, we've done it for two years now and we've seen in my mind, great success because even just one person showed up. Like <laughs> it, it, we always say, it's not about the number of people that show up; it's about that the right people show up. Yeah. Mm. Because you know, even even our daughter, she we have this board that we put there that you can write the name of your pet, and she put pink my fish, and so mm. she was even recognizing of like, yeah, I I need to, I am sad. I have these feelings; they are real. And I can come and with these other people mourn the loss of our pets and release some bubbles at the end and and, and know that it's going to be okay, that there is hope. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. regardless of what we say or don't say throughout the, the event, uh, being able to, it's really impactful to sit there and, and see faces around you and know that person's hurting, that person's hurting, like me. And uh, this past one, we had a family who brought an urn with their uh, bearded dragon that they had lost. Uh, we had another time where a lady uh, really struggled to even walk towards us. And and what we've realized is, however you set these up, the, the hardest part for anyone who shows up is the fact that they showed up. Because this is the first time they've really ever publicly acknowledged the loss in their life. Yeah, I think she sat in her car for a good 15 to 20 minutes yeah. because she was just, she couldn't muster the strength to even get out and, and be with other people. She was that in, she was grieving that much. Yeah, that walk down and she showed up and she's like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, it, you could just tell that this was the first time that she admitted to herself that this was real. And for her, it was the loss of a cat that the cat had helped her grieve the loss of her husband a few years before. Oh. And now she had nothing, right? Who was going to help her through this? And so for her, it was just an acknowledgement, an acceptance, a release, but also a better embrace because now she could more fully accept that and cherish those memories. Because for a while through that grief process, we kind of, we hate the memories because they're painful, even though they're some of the best moments in our lives, right? Like, like, man, I'm going to, like, when, like one of the best memories we have with Kobe, we hadn't didn't have him for very long. He ate almost all of my carrot cake birthday cake that Megan has worked all day to make. And I, he, he got to it. <laughs> and, oh, man, that's, like, that's, oh, what, what joy that is. It was so funny. Now, looking back after we had him checked out in the vet, everything was fine. But, like, <laughs> in the moment, it was a little terrifying. But, like, that's a great memory. And I know for a while that memory is going to be one of the most painful things to remember moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to take that memory moving forward and have that actually make me laugh again and, mm-hmm. and bring a smile to my face. And that's a process people have to go through. Yeah. I had a friend when we lost our first dog, she said to me, I know it's going to be hard right now to look at all these pictures and look at these videos. But she's like, but someday these will bring you smiles instead of tears. And to hear that from her was very, it was very validating too. And much like I'm sure that woman who had to sit in her car for 20 minutes, validating to be able to show up and see that other people feel the same way that she does 
because we don't, well, in general, we don't talk about grief of any kind in our society, but especially pet loss grief. Um, so for one, to be able to know that they're not alone, but then two, like you said, you kind of validate all of these feelings and help people kind of understand that it's okay to process through these things. So thinking about like, the impact there of community, I definitely want to also touch on the impact that your podcast has had on the whole pet sitter industry, because not only do you have this podcast that's been going for, what, over 400 episodes? We're at 425. As of 425. Right okay. Yeah. I couldn't remind you. You do so many. I have to keep yeah, track okay. of what where the numbers are at. <laughs> so you're over 400 episodes. You have this huge Facebook group where people who listen to the podcast, you can come get advice. You know, did you ever think that when you started that you would like, did you have this goal of saying this is the type of impact we want to be able to make and we have this vision of where we think that we want to lead it? Or did you kind of start and just say, we're going to see where this takes us and, you know, maybe people will listen, maybe we'll get a handful of people. Or did you really think like we're going to build a whole community and like a, a, almost a whole movement around this podcast? Well, first, thank you for your kind words. We yeah. appreciate that. No, we... We didn't. We had none of that. We had um, really no intention other than to share a little bit of knowledge that we had, which, looking back, was very, very little knowledge. Laughable. Laughable. It was la <laughs> yes, laughable knowledge on on the topic of pet sitting and pet care. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, so we started off just it was going to be Colin and I sharing some of our wisdom, and then a pet sitter couple, Alex and Beth, reached out and said, "Hey, we'd like to be interviewed." And that's when we realized that oh, this is so much more than us. Because at the end of the day, this is not about us. This is about everybody else. This is about the collective of the pet sitting world that we, we all share the same struggles. We all have the same things that we go through on our businesses. And while we operate differently and everybody has their, their own ways of, of doing things and, and different words they put in their contract and different services they offer, at the end of the day, we are all business owners. We deal with pets and there are things that we can come together on and say, this is the best job ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we, we still don't have those, those, those metrics or those datas or whatever. Like, sure, we see download numbers and we see whatever, but like what's important is the fact that people get something out of it, that it is valuable to them. Like that's that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And just like with our, our community events where we, where we live and where we work of it's not the number of people, it's at the right people. That that That's what's impactful to us and what's meaningful to us is the little messages, the little comments that people give back, the emails. It doesn't matter how many downloads we get, that's not important. It's that people get something from it. And, and what we like to remind people is that we want people to share out of experience rather than expertise because- Everybody has a story. Everybody has experience. And- the number of, of people who feel like, oh, I can't say anything or I, I don't know what I could do or that because I'm, I'm not an expert in it. Well, newsflash, nobody's an expert. So welcome to the room full of people with experience, right? That's, <laughs> that's really what's important. And that's just really where the, the, the best conversations come from are, are with people who just have some, a, a great experience or have any experience where they've, they've had something impactful They've learned something uh, that we get to share because those are the stories where it's like, oh, I don't, I never would have heard that otherwise, right? Or that never would have been shared otherwise. And it's important that those things be shared. And that's really what, what, what spurs us on is allowing people who wouldn't otherwise want to be able to or be driven to, you know, 
speak out or do these other things of like, no, we'd love to hear from you. And, and that's, that's what's important to us. Because you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to say that's going to encourage someone else. Because there have been times where we've done an episode and it's been Sunday night at nine o'clock and we just got done calling us to go edit it. And we're like, that was garbage. Like we we were not happy with that at all. But we the episodes you and I did that oh, we yes. wrote putting together. Yeah. Yes. No. The in- yeah. <laughs> not the interview. That interview was no. terrible. We no. are not using that one. <laughs> no. 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 The, no. Yeah. the podcast. Sorry. The ones that Megan and I like write and we put together and we do the research on and then Megan and I record. Yes, we've looked at each other after we've finished recording. And gone. Welp, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it, it's encouraging to know that, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday, when somebody's listened to that, there have been times where we thought an episode was not going to connect, was just, was just not good. We didn't connect with it. But somebody messages us and goes, that was amazing. I really needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. And that's what spurs us on of going, okay, right. Like, I, I may not have thought that's good, but somebody else connected with it. And that's what matters. Everybody can share something. Everybody has lessons that they've learned, things they've gone through that can help others, can encourage others. And you never know what somebody is going to latch onto that they needed to hear that day. Because everybody's at a different stage in their life and in their business. Everybody is needing to hear different pieces of information. And so whether that's shared on a podcast or whether that's shared in a local group of pet sitters or whether that's shared in Facebook, like that's something that we really encourage everybody to do. Like there are these Facebook groups that a lot of people ask questions and and kind of you see the same five-ish, 10 people maybe commenting all the time. That's great. You should comment as well. You, you comment, comment, give your feedback. If you've experienced that, if you did something, you should share that because that's important for other people to see. Oh yeah, they did that too. Or someone else has experienced that because we've all been in that place of our business and our life of going, has anybody, has anybody else been here? Does anybody else struggle with this? Anybody? And because of the nature of the businesses that we run, we're so small in, in our in our in our world of who we're connected to that we don't feel like that. And so being able to be connected with other people from around the globe going, oh cool, you also have clients that you don't really connect with. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again that feeling of not being alone and and those ripple effects that you never know. I read a book, Megan, you mentioned, you know, that you never know what someone's gonna latch on to. And it was actually a book called Compassionomics. I believe is the correct title, but it's it's more written for the healthcare industry, but it's really encouraging people who work in the healthcare industry to be very careful about what they're saying because you never know what the thing is that somebody will latch on to and that that's the thing that they never, ever forget. And it can be hard sometimes when you are in those positions, like when you're a, when you're a business owner, you're in a position of authority and and being careful with your words. But then also, like you said, you never know what somebody needs to hear at any given time. And you can forget that those ripple effects go far and wide because maybe somebody needed to hear that and they passed that on to somebody else who needed to hear it. And it seemed like one small little thing for you, but it made a big difference somewhere down the line. Now, did you guys have a catalyst moment? Like when you were thinking about starting a podcast, was there something that made you go, you know what? Like, I think we could do this and I think we could do a pretty good job at this. Did it happen over time or was there like a one moment where you're like, you know what? Like, I think we should I think we should do this podcast. Um, it's been listening to podcasts for over a decade now. Yeah, wait, yeah, for long, long time. Very long time. And one episode he listened to on some random podcast was talking about starting a podcast. And so he came to me with his little notebook of possible ideas. And he had written out the first 13 episodes of each podcast. And I said, I- I'm type A. 
And so I was just like, yeah, let's let's do this. How hard is it? You just talk into a microphone. Let's go. So it's a lot harder than that. We learned out later. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty much a hey, uh, we have this thing that we could share. Megan and I can do something together. It's going to be fun uh, because we kind of like each other and we like spending time together. So why not add another thing to our plate? Uh, again, something that we're going to commit to that we're going to find joy in that's going to be something for us to do. And uh, I, I really think what it was, was the that kind of outline of here's what this could actually look like. And that's so... I, I don't, we don't always do that with what we do in our lives and our business. Sometimes we have the idea and we just start acting on it. But there are those moments where you go, well, what if I just flush out a little bit of this? What if I put the bones on this, right? I don't have to have all the sinews and the skin and the hair and whatever. Like, I, let me just, sorry, like I got creepy. Uh, but like, what if I just put the bones? That's like the biologist side right there that just kind of, just kind of came up. You know, you can't, ah. sometimes you can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Megan's over here going, stop, stop, stop. But like, you just throw the bones out and you go, Okay, I can I can see how that could work because we need that from time to time. Of sometimes the idea is good enough to get us motivated to just go figure it out. Sometimes we may be a little unsure. We've got some insecurities. We've got some technical things. We've got some community things we've got to overcome. So we go. Let me just work a little bit further down the line on this, and then I can be committed to it. And that's we find that from time to time what we need to do of, of and and how we start anything. Mm -hmm. Were there any moments? through whether it's, again, the podcast or your your pet service businesses where you said, like, this is really hard and I don't know if I want to keep going. Yes, <laughs> we've had that conversation many times in both areas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think COVID really taught everybody a lot. Like we were doing one for the podcast, we were doing one episode a week before COVID. And then after, you know, or during, it was like, wow, you know, pet sitters really need resources right now. We don't know what's happening in the world. We don't know if our businesses are going to come back. The daily dog walking has just gone in the toilet. And so we we wanted to be there for other people to say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's some kind of real-time updates of what people are dealing with. And we've just kind of stuck with those two episodes since then. Yeah, well, so during during a lot of that, we were doing sometimes four, sometimes five episodes a week um, because things were changing so much and doing a lot of real time, like, let's talk to a person in California. Let's talk to a person to New York. Let's talk to a person in, Cal in you know, over in England. Let's talk to a person. you guys get a snapshot of what's going globally? Um, and, and that was something where we really went, after things started to slow down, we went, okay, I can't commit to that anymore. I just can't. Like, I can't keep moving forward in that manner. So let's find a new normal that we can get into. Mm -hmm. And and it, and these moments come up where you go, oh, I can't. That's I don't want to push through that anymore. Of where, especially where you have conflicting demands on yourself, or where where you get yet another defeat, or and it just you can't get traction on something. And I know certainly, like even in our in our pet sitting business, there have been times where I've been like, you know, laying on the floor in our office, going like, Is this like, what does this actually look like? Is this the forever? If this is the forever, I don't think I want this. Like if this is what the next all of the rest of my life until I'm six feet under looks like, I I don't want the way this looks. Like, I and I'd rather not. And I'd rather just go back to being a biologist. Like that's fine. And taking that moment to go, to what end am I doing this? Right. I'm not I'm not doing this to do what I'm doing now. I'm doing this to do something later. Right. There's something beyond this. And that's something where we can now come together, we can work, we can we can talk to other people, we can brainstorm to come up with something. And and we all face those moments where we go, what's the something that's going to help me through this? And well, well, because it can often feel like failure sometimes and nobody wants to fail at something. But knowing that 
yeah, as we talked about earlier, it's I have to say no to this thing right now or I'm not just I'm not interested in this anymore. I don't enjoy my pet sitting business. So uh, we talked to some people on the podcast who have sold their businesses or taken a step back or, you know, just done something different. And that is okay. Yeah. And realize that you have options. And, and that's certainly where, where we've gone. Again, when those moments where you're just lying on the floor, completely exhausted, yet another client has not booked you or another client has passed away or yet another staff member has left you after only being with you for a week. Like, and, and you're just sitting here like again, again, again. The, the overwhelm kicks in and you start feeling like you're never going to get out of this. And that's where the the catch of of the yet, right? Or of the tomorrow or of the other opportunities, that that helps catch that spiral. And sometimes it doesn't always happen immediately. Sometimes it happens the next day or after talking with a friend. But that's really recognizing, okay, this, I really need to go ahead and look at my priorities. And I need to have those, we've had those conversations several times of going, is this something, including like, is the business still something we want to commit to for the next year? Do we want to continue doing the pocket? Like big open-ended, like life altering questions and not being afraid to, 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 to ask that or, or really to be, to be afraid to answer that. And, yeah, and explore the options. Yeah, and doing that in a safe space. That's really important to have. If you don't have somebody who you can go to, who can sit and listen and just listen, right? And, and you can sometimes preemptively come in and go, hi, uh, I need you to listen and not say anything. Here's a piece of duct tape. If you need it, right? I'm going to be standing over here <laughs> and just have, you know, somebody to go. Sometimes all you need is somebody to go, that, that is a lot that you're going. That sounds hard. That is hard, mm-hmm. right? And that, that little affirmation, you go, right, this is hard. This is, but it's also important. So now what do we do with that? And lining it back mm-hmm. up with your why. Does it line up? Is this still something that you see yourself doing? Is this what you, at the end of the day, are connected with? Or are you waking up every day dreading whatever aspect it is? Can you offload that to somebody else if you don't enjoy doing that anymore? Or do you need to step back from your business? Because those hard mm-hmm. things are important, right? Because you, you again, that why of going, okay, it's important. Why is it important? Well, is it important because uh, it's putting food on my family? Well, is this the only way I can put put no not put food on my family that's weird um (laughs) anyway what you do what you want uh but like is this the only way i can feed my family or is this the only way that i can pay my medical bills or is this the only way well no we could do other stuff so why is this the thing we're choosing to pay for the stuff or why is this the thing we're connecting with that's where you have that conversation and write that out put that places talk to people about that level of the business because when when business is tanked, when nobody's booking, when you are losing yet another staff member, or when nobody's applying, or when whatever that is, when you feel that moment going, why should I continue to move forward in this manner? And and we can't answer that for anybody, right? That that's mm-hmm. I know we have our reasons of 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 yeah, like a future that looks different than it is now. More family time, paying for bills is also important. Being role models for our children so that they can make impacts as well. All of these are critical to us helping pet parents live their best life possible in the now and in the future. Whatever you're connecting with, when those moments happen, it's okay to question. And many of us are fearful of questioning because then we're like, oh, I'm a failure, like Megan had said earlier. I think for, I know for my, speak for myself here, but sometimes the known hard and overwhelm is much less scary than the unknown, you know, theoretically better, right? So there's been, you know, decisions that we needed to make. And it's like, 
I, I'm pretty sure that if I did this change, my life would be better. However, that's also really scary right now. And I don't know if I can actually make that commitment. And because it does, it takes a lot of bravery and being really raw and authentic sometimes to make those decisions, especially when they affect other people. If they affect your team or they affect your clients or they affect your family, you know, sometimes it can be hard and we're not always ready to make the decision when we think about it. You know, it's like, yep, I'm pretty sure this would make my life better, but I'm not ready to do that right now. And maybe six months from now, I'll be ready to do that. But it does take a certain amount of bravery to be able to to make those changes for yourself. Well, and if you second guess yourself of going with your gut of, I, I, I think I'm secure with my decision, but I don't know. I mean, maybe look at the numbers. I mean, that's what convinced us for Colin to quit his full-time job and to come on board with me full-time in the pet sitting business. He looked at the numbers and went, whoa, we can easily do this. We're good. I don't really connect and enjoy my full-time job anymore. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Or or maybe that's maybe it's looking at a service going, oh, I don't really connect with my, this is a big thing going through the, the industry right now. Like I don't connect with my vacation visit dog clients anymore. Uh, let me look at those numbers. Oh man, if I cut out those, sure, I'd lose maybe you know forty percent of my business, which is a big chunk. So we got to make sure that I I shore up everything on my end, and I've got my personal budget in line and everything, and work through that. But that also opens up the potential to take on the other sixty percent of the business and grow that. And oh, now I can actually be my cat sitting visits that I want, or my daily dog walks that I want, or my you know my guinea pig visits that I want, or you know we have you know people take care of or whatever. Like that can help. That can be one aspect of looking at that and going man, emotionally, I'm really attached to this. I've personally invested a lot of me into making this a thing. Is it actually as big of a thing as it is? Or is that just me making it something that it's not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When you guys think about all of these things that you guys have done um, over the years, what is the thing that you guys are most proud of? Whether it's, you know, individually or together as a team or, you know, across all the things you've done, but what is that thing that when you sit down at the end of the day and you go like, yes, like if nothing else, like this is what I'm the most proud of. I'm glad this is being recorded and not live because <laughs> that is that is a great question. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be the most proud. I mean, we, we can, you know, we can amend of saying like, okay. what is just something that you are proud of? Maybe not okay. the most proud of, but the thing that you are proud of. Um, I want you to go first. I am... So after 11 years of doing this and, and only you know a handful of years doing this full time and running the business, uh, I, am, I am proud to be able to, to go to our kids with our little wins, right? I am proud to be able to take things to them and to show them that, hey, remember that time that I was gone for a week straight doing this thing or remember the, the time that we were really having these discussions and, and this stuff to show them the the, the payoff and the benefits of sticking through those hard things, of of allowing them to see the benefit of hard work, of dedication, of treating people well, of running a business with integrity and and being a good member of the community, that that these are good beneficial things. And to take them, you know, whatever award or whatever certificate or whatever, you know, comment or review people leave and, and sharing that with them and kind of so that they can see that connection of, because if you have, for me personally, like if you have family involved in this, even if you have, you know, parents or, or cousins or, or you know, uh, uh, brothers and sisters that kind of see what you do, they tend to only hear about us talk about the, the, the bad stuff, right? The complaining, the whatever, but like 
being able to connect those dots of like this moment was really hard and now look at the the payoff of this of this benefit taking that to them so they can see that there's something here that this is and hopefully they start to learn okay that's that's beneficial so i've i've been really proud that we've been able to to stick through things enough to get to the payoff to share that with them mm-hmm. and kind of seeing that that hard work does create impact and yeah. and to like i said seeing those ripple effects that that can kind of go out from your hard work I think something that I'm really proud of that we've done is cutting out a service that was, I mean, virtually 75% of our business. Or more. Yeah. yeah. It, um, so, yeah, we were doing boarding and daycare out of our home, and it was taking a lot of a lot out of us, us and our kids. Our kids would come come to us and say, you know, I, I don't. I don't really like this. I don't like when this dog comes over or I, I feel like I need more space. And that would really hurt my heart as a mama of, of like, yeah, I, I don't want this. I want you to be free. This is your home. You should feel safe here. You should feel respected. And you don't. So we need to make a change. And so we we did look at the numbers. We And oh, that's, that's yeah, gonna, I mean, I mean, that's going to hurt. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a large chunk of our business, but knowing that this is what was necessary. And so we, you know, we had to scrimp for a couple months, but then we were able to grow our business and through Google and Facebook and and community events and know that it it was going to be okay. that at the end of the day, our children's safety and peace of mind and just what I trying to say. That their safety and peace of mind is paramount to everything else that we do. And and nothing else matters. I mean, at the end of the day, Colin can go out and get a nine to five job tomorrow. Like we can just shut everything down and it'll be okay. He'll be, he'll be, you know, that that is not what concerns me. What concerns me is my children's childhood. Yeah. Right. Having them have a childhood and a home and a family life was really important to us. And that's where we looked up and we said, you know what? This isn't the life we'd like to live. Sure, it makes a it makes a bunch of money. We are very successful at this. Everybody loves it. And kind of circling back to a previous conversation that we had, when we told people no, like, oh boy, you best believe there was pushback and there was not happy campers. Still to this day, it, people in our community comment, well, I wish they would blah, 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 blah. I get it. I understand. It was amazing service. We were really good at it. I will, I will, I will gladly admit that. We were uh, the best. <laughs> we were great. But it wasn't for us anymore. And there's nothing so important or perfect that you can't say no to it. There are mm-hmm. other things that you need to have priorities on. Mm-hmm. And just having that trust that, you know, that and the belief in yourself that it's, like you said, it's going to be okay. And we're going to just take a pivot and like, we're going to get there. And that's where that hard work com- comes back in where it was like, okay, we're basically growing a whole other business now from scratch. And what does that look like? How do we do that? Where do we get plugged in? You know, Megan diving into the social media and doing all the admin work for that and learning all those aspects and 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 doing that for it for a reason is is again one of those like, okay, it's now time to build. I've I've got to build again. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we could just continue having this conversation for probably another three hours, but um I think that there is so much that everybody can learn from you, not only with your podcast, but, you know, all of these, again, just like kind of this idea of that the ripple and the impact that our work can make, even if there are people in your lives who say it's just pet sitting, you're just going to go play with some dogs. Like, you know, if you're 
being discounted in your work, no matter what kind of work you're doing, know that you are actually making an impact and um, there's more ripples and, and that why, you know, the why is the biggest part. Again, at the end of the day, having something that you're proud of is, is important. So yeah, thank you guys so much for sharing everything and for all the work that you do with Pet Sitter Confessional and all of your pet sitting work as well. You guys are making a huge difference in all of our lives. Thank you for having us today. Thank you very much, Morgan. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find show notes, transcripts, and more on our website, luckypuppod.com. Don't forget, review, comment, like, share this conversation with your friends. Then don't forget to reach out. You can find us on Instagram at luckypuppod or luckypuppodcast on Facebook. Or send us an email, info at luckypuppod.com. Until then, don't forget to live a more full and happy life. We'll talk to you soon.